Glenn. How you doing? Doing okay, Glenda. How are you? Doing fine. And isn't it great to be a child of the King? It sure is. And that's what this sweet song's about. My father is rich in houses and land. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold, his coffers are full, he has riches untold. I'm a child of the King, a child of the King. With Jesus my Savior, I'm a child of the King. My father's own son, the Savior of men, once wandered on earth as the poorest of them. But now he is reigning forever on high and will give me a home in heaven by and by. I once was an outcast, stranger on earth, a sinner by choice and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted, my name's written down, an heir to a mansion, a robe and a crown. A tent or a cottage, why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. Though exiled from home, yet still may I sing, Oh, glory to God, I'm a child of the king. The original title was A Child of a King. Many newer books changed it to A Child of the King to suggest the uniqueness of God's kingship and the size of God's family. The large print edition of the Sacred Selections makes it the child of the king. There is a story told about C.R. Nickel, a gospel preacher who was always dressed so proper and walked with his head up high. Someone once told him that he acted as if he owned the world. He replied, my father does. While Christians should always be humble and not think of themselves better than others, it should help us to be more aware of God's love and care for us to be reminded that each Christian is a child of the King. A song that talks about God's love and care for us by making us children is a child of the King. The text was written by Harriet Bull, was born on November the 2nd, 1834, in Genova, New York, until 1980. Until 1898, she made her home in Manlius, New York, and was a Northern Christian associate of Syracuse, New York, for over 50 years. The songs came to her during a Sunday morning service and worked out in her mind while she was walking home to her cottage after the service. With no thought of the words ever being used as a hymn, she sent them to her editor, and they were published in February the 1st, 1877 edition of the Northern Christian Advocate. The refrain was added, various changes were made to the original Jack text, and the tune was composed all by John Sumner. It must have been a sermon about an earthly king compared to the heavenly one that captured the attention of Harriet Bull one Sunday morning in a small church in central New York State. Did she tell the pastor the inspiration she received from him that prompted her to pen a child of the king later that same day, probably in 1876, 
finally leading to its publication in a magazine months later in early 1877. Her experience demonstrates that Harriet wasn't the only handiwork responsible for what she'd write. The words of the pastor were obviously well chosen, while the writer of the biblical passage he must have used were no less essential. Once the pastor's words were spoken, they moved with the help of the Holy Spirit to encourage Harriet, and she listened and absorbed the ideas that touched her ears. And as she walked home that day and felt him nudge the words of four verses to emerge from inside. What was it that Harriet centered upon? It seems like the father and the son were uppermost in her mind, the two persons in the family that were hers through a divine and sovereign sacrifice. Harriet had also been reminded of the stark contrast between this king's family and herself, that she was once an outcast stranger, a sinner and an alien, but now was an adopted heir. She must have valued this relationship above all else, not caring if the boat up there was a tent or a cottage. A palace was how she thought of her eventual dwelling place, as long as God was the builder. Utter trust as a child in a loving, wealthy family might feel at Christmas that might be how Harriet's feelings could be summed up. The musical score was added as a result of an answered prayer. John Sumner had been praying for lyrics to the religious song for an unfinished musical score written by his dear friend, friend Philip Bliss. Mr. Bliss had suddenly died, and Sumner thought of his, that his work should be published. When Sumner read the words to the child of the king, he instantly, he instantly knew the two works should be joined together. He said a melody to the poem. Bull was surprised in the autumn of that year to receive a copy of the hymn with music from Sumner, a total stranger to her. The song was first published in the 1879 Beulah Songs, compiled by William MacDonald and Louis Hartso at Philadelphia, PA. Apparently, when printed as a hymn, only four, one, two, three, four, and six of Bull's original six stanzas were used. The omitted stanzas have been restored. After leaving Manless, Bull moved to Washington, D.C., but continued to maintain a summer home at Thousand Island Park in New York until her death in Washington on February the 6th. 1910. John Sumner was born in 1838 in Pennsylvania. He attended, he attended Wyoming Seminary in Pennsylvania. He served as a minister in the Methodist Church in Pennsylvania and New York, as well as being known as a traveling singing teacher. He formed the Wyoming Conference Trio in 1880s. He died on March 10, 1918, in Johnson City, New York. Evangelist Peter Billhorn 
recounts the following story from 1883. We had started up from the Missouri River for Bismarck, and on Sunday we stopped at a new town named Blunt to unload some freight. A crowd of men and boys came down to the wharf. I took my little organ, went on the wharf boat, and sang a few songs, among others the glorious hymn, I'm a Child of a King. I thought nothing more of the occasion until long afterward when I sang the same song in Mr. Moody's church in Chicago, Illinois. Then a man in the back part of the house stood up and said in a trembling voice, Two years ago, I heard that song at Blunt, Dakota. I was then an unsaved man, but that song set me to thinking, and I decided to accept Christ, and I am now studying for the ministry. This song reminds us that God leads and guides us as a father would his children. Verse 1 emphasizes who our father is. My father is rich in house and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds and silver and gold, his coffers are full and his riches untold. Jesus identifies our father as the one who dwells in heaven, written in Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's rich in houses and lands and holds the wealth of the world in his hands because he created the entire world. It's found in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Therefore, he has riches untold to share with his children, as found in Romans 11.33. All the depth of his riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. Verse 2 emphasizes what our Father did to save us. My Father's own Son, the Savior of men, once wandered on earth as the poorest of them, but now he is reigning forever on high and will give us a home in the sweet by and by. Jesus Christ is the Father's own Son and Savior of men, Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ is a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And in 1 John 4, 14, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. When he lived here on earth, he was among the poorest of men, Luke 9, 58. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. However, he is now reigning forever on high at the Father's right hand. Acts 2, 29-33 Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn an oath with to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the, the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, 
nor did his flesh seek corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Verse 3 emphasizes blessings that our Father provides us. I was once outcast, stranger on earth, a sinner by choice, an alien by birth. But I've been adopted, my name's written down, an heir to a mansion, a robe, and a crown. All responsible human beings, at one time or another, are outcast strangers because they have chosen to sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Some might object to the statement, an alien by birth, since it could stem to imply that false doctrine of inherited sin. However, it could be taken to mean spiritual birth, becoming children of Satan by giving ourselves to sin. John 8, 44, You are of your father the devil, and the desire of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand for the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and is in the fodder of it. In any event, all who are outside of Christ are aliens because of Ephesians 4.12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. However, in Christ our Father has made it possible for us to be adopted as his spiritual children and become his heirs. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Verse 4 emphasizes the future that our Father has planned for us. A tent or a cottage, why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. Though exiled from home, yet still I may sing. All glory to God, I'm a child of the King. Our Father has been preparing a home for his children even before the foundation of the world in Matthew twenty-five thirty-four, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. As long as we live on earth, we are exiled from home as strangers and pilgrims, 1 Peter two eleven through 12 Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable 
among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. However, we may still identify God as our Father and King in 1 Timothy 1.17. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Course reminds us that Christians are children of a great King. I'm a child of the King, a child of the King. With Jesus, my Savior, I'm a child of the King. What would it be like to be a part of a Creator King's family, to want for nothing because you have everything, as a consequence of an unshakable tie to the Absolute Sovereign? No one can take or threaten any of your inheritance with this King, unlike what might be happen inside a kingdom on earth. Was Harriet reminded of some of Earth's kings from biblical times through the 19th century? And how untimely were the demise of many of them? What would it take to make certain your inheritance on Earth? Some of them have been secured through force, through bloodshed. My holy brother did the bloodshed part for me in the kingdom I inhabit, something I never need to repay with repay with my own blood it's all about just staying close to him how's that sound you just need to ask to get into the kingdom he's holding the door open for you to enter and he's already paid your entry fee come on in now glenn would you play child of the king for us on the clarinet certainly glinda this song is so rich in symbolism of the glories of heaven I doubt there are words sufficient to describe what's in store for those of us who have trusted Jesus as our Savior. Rubies, diamonds, silver, gold, coffers are full of riches, untold. Don't begin to describe the joy that's going to be ours in Christ. As we, go, as we grow in the grace of Jesus our Lord, he becomes sufficient for all our needs. And I think about, when I think about it, He becomes central to all our wants and desires. Our lives are far from being boring. They're full and overflowing. The Bible tells us we are children of God that enter His kingdom in John 1.12. But as many as received Him, Gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And in Romans eight sixteen it says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are his children, and, and we are the children of God. First John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father have bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth not us, because it knew him not. When we think of it, it's amazing. Our God sees us as his children. Our king is our father, owner and, owner and ruler of everything. Our God has demonstrated that there is nothing he would not do for his children, 
even unto his death for us. Woe to him who neglects so great a salvation. The other side of God is justice. Do not let this another second pass. Trust in him right now. so good to hear from old friends and new friends too we enjoy sharing stories and history about the old time hymns 
the authors and events related to the writing of their songs. We hope you've been informed and thoroughly enjoyed yourselves. Our music has been distributed to many places on the web, and you can hear it absolutely free by searching the web for the music of Glenn Dawson. It's our gift to you, our friends. Go to YouTube and search for us. When you get there, punch up the like buttons and, and the subscribe buttons. To partner with YouTube, we need 4,000 watch hours and 12 in any 12 months and 1,000 subscribers. You can help us get this started and we'd appreciate that so much. That'll help us get our channel going. Our program is part of the Glenn Dawson Evangelistic Association. We're a 100% nonprofit organization dedicated to sharing Jesus with everyone. We enjoy hearing from you. And you can write us on our platform that you're hearing us on. Or you could go to our webpage at glendawsonea.com. G-L-E-N-N-D-A-W-S-O-N-E-A dot com. We look forward to seeing you again next week on Preparing Our Hearts for Worship. God, God be, be with you. you. Goodbye, Goodbye for, for now. now.